Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join the discussion, email us at yogahour at unity.fm. Now, here's your host, Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, our time to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and I'll be sharing with you today some insights and practices from the spiritual tradition of yoga, the ancient science of self and God-realization. Yoga is a familiar Sanskrit word to many today, although not always understood in its depth and fullness, referring to oneness, unity, or union, binding back, the bringing together of our attention and our awareness to rest in our essential spiritual nature, meaning to be restored to our original wholeness. Yoga is abiding in the conscious awareness of our true self, Self self-realization, knowing our true spiritual nature and living in harmony with it. Today's topic is breath, the key to consciousness, vitality, and liberation. And uh, we're welcoming today Richard Rosen, co-founder and director of Piedmont Yoga Studio in Oakland, California, where, um, and He has been teaching continuously since it opened in 1987. Richard is the author of several excellent books on yoga and pranayama, The Yoga of Breath, Pranayama Beyond the Fundamentals, an audio series on the practice of pranayama, and his latest book, Original Yoga, Rediscovering Traditional Practices of Hatha Yoga. Uh, Richard sits on the board of directors of the California Yoga Teachers Association. His website is piedmontyoga.com, P-I-E-D, Mont, M-O-N-T, yoga.com. Welcome, Richard. Richard. I'm so delighted you could be here on the Yoga Hour today. Um, Before we begin our conversation, let's just take a moment for centering meditation. Let's open our hearts and our minds to divine omnipresence, one reality called by many names, is the source and the substance of all that is. So right where we are right now, we can become aware that this divine essence is present in all that is present as you, as me, as everyone, as everything around us, within us, between us. So in this moment, let's simply let our attention move from the periphery of our awareness into the depths. We can use our breath as a support for this. 
begin by noticing your breath, its natural flow, without trying to change it. Simply notice inhalation, exhalation. Cool air entering the nostrils. Warm air flowing out. And with the in-breath now, simply intend to pull your awareness within, diving into the depths of your being. And with your out-breath, intend to let go of any distraction around you or within you. And as we begin to anchor our attention within, we can start to witness our thoughts and our feelings and become aware of peace that is within us, that is unchanging, that emanates from our essential nature. So becoming aware of that peace now, simply invite it to pervade your mental field. Peace in our minds. Invite this peace to fill your emotions. Peace in our emotions and peace in the physical body. And remember to abide in this peace and let it overflow as blessing for all beings everywhere. For several weeks on the Yoga Hour, we have been looking at the eight limbs of yoga in the Ashtanga Yoga System from Patanjali's Yoga Sutra, and today we're going to look at the limb that is called Pranayam, and we're really blessed to have Richard Rosen with us, who has written several excellent books, guidebooks to pranayama that really give a thorough um, understanding and a step-by-step practice routines. Pranayama is generally thought of as breathing practice that come to us from the yoga tradition. And as I mentioned, it's one of the eight limbs of practice found in Patanjali's Yoga Sutra. And it's also a key practice from the branch of yoga that we know as Hatha Yoga. And uh, a practice that, of course, is part of the Kriya Yoga tradition um, brought to the uh, U.S. Um, in, in its familiar form, and it brought to the U.S. by Paramansa Yogananda. In fact, m- many people, when they read the autobiography of a yogi and they read about this um, practice of Kriya Pranayam, that's the first thing they want to learn. <laughs> um, but, of course, what Yogananda brought was really a comprehensive uh, system of yoga for spiritual realization. So this morning we're going to be looking at how pranayama is certainly a part of that. So let's start just simply with with what it is. Richard, give us some information just about what what the term pranayama means, um, both literally and subtly. Well, uh, literally, pra, P-R-A, means to bring forth or or to come forth. And on, A-N, means to breathe. It's a verb that cognate with um, English words like animal and animate. So literally speaking, anyway, prana, prana is to, to breathe forth. And uh, ayama, is a, it, it, means to, it really means to, um, to restrict, to hold in, and to, rest, and to expand. So very literally speaking, pranayama means to restrict or restrain and expand the, uh, the prana. Now, um, what prana is, <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty big subject. Um, the yogis tell us, and uh, the scientists may scoff at this, that the universe is uh, suffused with this energy that, that, that drives everything. It drives the stars and the planets and, and people, too. Um, 
and it's and and um, um, the, 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 that is the basis of the, of the practice of pranayama, the the energy that surrounds us in the universe. Mm, and sometimes it just is called vital force and vital force, uh, yes, or and, vital energy. Mm-hmm. And it's you know it's it's subtle, but. Um, we actually can experience it, which is helpful. Like you say, scientists may not um, have a name for it, but um, fortunately, you know, we are are able to um, experience it ourselves. I, I think that the term, you know, pranayama is is fascinating. And of course, years ago when I began to practice yoga, it it was it was just translated as control of the breath right yeah, sure. and um and and now i mean we really are living in such a wonderful time when we have um so many wonderful texts on yoga and and your book certainly included in that that really help us to have a deeper understanding you know how something restrains and expands at the same time is is really you know it's it's fascinating you know somebody um used the analogy of water uh, flowing through a pipe uh, that in a sense that that you know it when you restrict it um, it actually becomes more forceful and I thought well that was an interesting way to, yeah. to think about how restrain and expand um, can actually you know be about the same same thing right I'm a little I'm a little always a little leery of the word control and when, when, when people talk about breathing um I like to think more. I, I, I like to think more of the idea that you're cooperating with your breath because I, I really believe that that your breathing has its own innate intelligence, and in, in the end, it really knows what to do, uh, what, what's, it, what's what's best to to do. So control has this sort of implication that you're sort of stamping down on your breath and, and trying to make it do things that it really doesn't want to do, and that's I don't really think that's uh, the idea behind pranayama. No, and it's also contraindicated in any kind of yoga practice, and especially in pranayama. <laughs> and, you know, for uh, for for many of us who are kind of you know goal and success oriented, you know, it seems right. like okay, you know, let's whip this into shape. But yeah. you know, you're you're right. You know that that can lead to uh, imbalance. You know, and it's not at all what yoga is about. Um, you know, I, I have your books, and I. I um, I just uh, really admire them and the spirit, um, the spirit of them, as, as as well as the letter of you know what you've presented your step by step guides. Um, and I'm curious, you know, what has spurred your um, continued deep interest in this particular topic? Hello. Yes. Yes, I can hear you, Richard. I'm sorry. Um, okay. I. I um that's a good question. I um, <laughs> I had this teacher many many years ago who told me that I needed to practice pranayama, that it was very important for my for my development, and I, I believed him. And so um, um, I started, and 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 as I as I went along, I realized that um, that it was that it was a very important part of the practice that that was missing from a lot of people's practices around me. So. Um, uh, why I kept going is and <laughs> sometimes I ask myself why I've, I, I've, I've managed to st- it, uh, uh, last all these years uh, with the practice. It's been over 30 years now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, uh, BKS Iyengar says that your practice um, waxes, and wanes like the m- m- waxes and wanes like the moon, and mm-hmm. that's certainly been true of my pranayama practice. It comes and goes. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's been a real interesting trip with, with, uh, with pranayama. <laughs> Yeah. I always say you and I have been practicing for about the same amount of time, and, and certainly I have noticed that in my practice too. Um, you know, with with Kriya Yoga, Kriya Pran, what we call Kriya Pranayama, is you know very basic to our practice, and so you know that has remained steady for me. But my um, my dedication, you know, my enthusiasm, um, you know, my my the energy that I bring to my practice is what has waxed. And, and, yeah. and waned and um, a little later in the program we'll talk about some of the obstacles to practice right. and certainly you know that that is a is a part of it um, you know when we look at yoga of course the the goal the spiritual goal of, is this um, self-realization knowing who we are the liberation of consciousness from 
false identification with the ego and you have you have written the reorientation of our identity with our authentic self so how do you see pranayama as being an essential support for this ultimate goal of yoga well to, to me your breath is a, is a mirror of who you are um the, the the question i always ask my students when they're breathing is who's the breather and which is the, the flip, really the flip side of the question, who am I? Um, and you can look into your breath uh, and, and discover things about yourself that uh, sometimes you don't want to find out. But um, I think you can, you can learn a lot about yourself uh, just, by, just by simple breathing exercises. And, mm-hmm. and the farther you go with the practice, the more, the more interesting it becomes. I think for me, uh, my breathing practice has, has become much more interesting to me than my asana practice um i spend uh, i spend a lot of time during the day just uh informal breathing but it's also important to remember that the formal breathing practice is just a, a way to get you to watch your breathing um all the time to me uh pranayama is, is a is a full-time uh full-time job full-time mm-hmm. job I, I watch my breath as much as i can during the whole day Mm-hmm. It's re- it really like meditation, isn't it? That it it's a tool, you know, not not, not just for sitting on our cushions, but a tool for for more conscious living. Sure. And well, you uh, talked it, about the wit- yeah. you talked about the witness in your introduction and in your meditation, and I think that's one of the most important things about breathing, and that and that is um, helps you to develop that 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 ability to stand back from yourself and watch what you're doing, which mm-hmm. is a, which is a great way to understand who you are. Mm-hmm. And the breath is, it's such a ready tool, you know, for all of us. We, it's always we there. It. It's, it's free, um, yeah. and, we can, and we can work with it. And, and like you say, it, it, it reveals a lot. I mean, certainly it reveals our emotions. It reveals our, our state of mind. Um, and, you know, learning how to work with the breath consciously can contribute to... Mm-hmm. You know, certainly healthy body and and healthy mind, which is one of the goals of of, of yoga practice. Um, so, what about you know? We we'll just spend a moment before we go to the break about you know uh, how do we think this all began? You know, sort of developed it's developed it really into a science, and um, so how did that happen? Well. Uh, one thing that I've heard, and I, I have no idea if this is accurate or not, is that in the very, very, very old days, the, the priests who conducted the, the ritual sacrifices, the idea behind it was that the mantras had to be done in just the right way or else they would not be effective for the, for the ritual. And so part of the, part of the uh, thing that they had to learn to do was to breathe properly, to, to speak the words. And uh, somebody along the way, perhaps, perhaps, Notice that uh, by breathing in a certain way, the consciousness was changed in a certain way, and so um, this slowly developed into a, into a science, into a practice of the breath. Um, the, the 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 later yogis took it over and um, and ran with it. Mm-hmm. And and you know we we also of course even as a beginner in our practice can can notice what a calming effect. Uh, just observing our breath has on our consciousness. Um, it's it's pretty amazing that we can we can experience that fairly quickly. And yeah. um, and and it would seem that this um, limb of of yoga came just like the rest of them from you know human beings who were curious <laughs> about, curious. Yeah, <laughs> about how, how it worked, and they were and they were uh, experimenting. And so, uh, in the next uh, segment of the program, we'll we'll focus a little bit on and how we can experiment with the breath and learn a bit more firsthand about pranayama. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with guest Richard Rosen, who's the author of many books on the philosophy and practice of pranayama, as well as his latest title, Original Yoga: Rediscovering Traditional Practices of Hatha. His website is PiedmontYoga.com, and we'll be right back in just a moment.
If you've been inspired by the programming on Unity Online Radio, we hope you'll give your support so others may be inspired too. This online radio network depends on the love offerings of listeners to continue operating and expand its outreach. Please visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you. If you've ever wondered how a specific Bible verse might be interpreted metaphysically, then Interpret This is for you. In Interpret This, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley answers your questions about the Bible and how to apply its verses to your life with passion, depth, and spiritual insight. To submit a question or to enjoy any of his numerous metaphysical interpretations, visit unity.org and click on the Interpret This box. this year and we're throwing the biggest bash of all a cruise to the caribbean november 10 through 17 2012 we'll celebrate in style aboard holland america lines eurodam with sunshine fine dining and a selection of island excursions at beautiful ports of call in the eastern caribbean plus feed your spirit with music message and meditation Your favorite hosts will be there, and we hope you will join us too as we celebrate five years of spiritual programming at Unity Online Radio. For more information, visit www.unity.fm forward slash cruise. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and I'm joined today by Richard Rosen, who's the co-founder and director of Piedmont Yoga Studio in Oakland, California, and also the author of several excellent books on pranayama. And in this segment, we're going to talk about um, pranayama practices and um, yoga texts that you you read about um, pranayama will often give um, precautions about practice and tell you that pranayama was traditionally taught by a teacher or guru to a student or disciple um, so that the practice could be um, observed and taught. taught properly and um, precautions given. Um, The main thing, of course, is with pranayama is not to overdo it. Um, it, it, Because it's so powerful, uh, a gentle and conscious approach is always advised. Now, you know, we have today, um, in Richard's books are the best example that I know of in the field of yoga that give such a thorough explanation uh, about this practice. So you, you, you can learn from a book, and if you have one that is as thorough as his is, and, um, and it's always helpful to have the instruction of a qualified teacher to help guide your practice. Um, so we're going to take... Uh, a look at a couple of practices. Let's start with one that is familiar to many um, that is called Nadi Shodana. And um, of course, it it was originally not considered a form of um, formal pranayama, but really a preliminary kind of cleansing, purification practice for opening up the nadis or the channels for flow of vital force. So Tell us a little bit about this practice, Richard, and um, just describe, you know, what its purpose is and um, how someone would practice it. Well, as you said, it's a it's a it's a preliminary to, to a, a formal pranayama practice. It's a it, it supposedly um, purifies the energy channels in in the body, which then makes the prana flow more freely in preparation for formal pranayama. But it's also kind of a, a balancing exercise where the, the brain is brought into, into uh, it, the two hemispheres of the brain are brought into balance with each other. 
to sort of calm the mind down at the same time. Um, the, the practice itself is, is fairly simple. It's, it, it's sometimes called alternate nostril breathing. And usually you start by um, blocking uh, the right nostril and inhaling through the left. And then you um, um, block the left, exhale through the right, and then inhale through the right, and, and then block it again, and then open the left and exhale through the left. So you go back and forth, um, inhaling and exhaling through alternate nostrils, as the name uh, suggests. You're using your um, thumb and your uh, ring finger to close off the the openings um, yes. as as you uh, close one side and and open the other and and this practice um, is really calming and you can you can experience immediate benefit from uh, experiencing that your mind will become quiet, which is, um, I think, both you know coming from it takes considerable concentration to do this practice, um, and and then also, of course, as it's working with alternating the the currents of um, breath and energy, and as you say, bringing the hemispheres of the brain uh, into balance. And, you know, some people really use this pranayam, you know, not simply to calm the mind, um, as a practice for meditation, but also to be, uh, aware of which, um, side of the brain is, uh, engaged in terms of what kind of activity they're going to be doing. Right. You can also do it imaginatively. You can just pretend that you're using the hands to block the nostrils and just mm-hmm. imagine that the breath is moving through one nostril and then the other. You can, so you can do that lying, lying down. That it, I'm so glad you mentioned that. And, um, you know, uh, Richard Davidson was on the program last week and we were talking about, you know, the neuroscience um, connected with meditation and these practices. And, of course, in his new book um, about uh, the emotion and the brain, they, they note some studies in there about how visualization uh, of an activity stimulates the brain in the same way that that the activity itself will stimulate the brain. And um, that is really fascinating, isn't it? So we're going to develop these armchair exercises now instead instead of jogging. We'll sit in our chairs and imagine jogging. (laughs) So... um, what are besides so we this is the clearing the mind, balancing the hemispheres of the brain. Anything else you would want to say about this um, practice? Uh, no, I, I think that I, I think that's about that covers it. I think though that it's it's a really good preliminary practice to uh, um, for for it, it's usually given to more um, experienced students. I think that people who are just uh, raw beginners will probably be best doing it just imaginatively, lying on their on their backs. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, after you do it for a while, um, you you expand the um, time of inhalation yeah. and exhalation and retention, which are the the three uh, components. Um, that retention are is, a, is is a, is a, is 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 much more of an advanced practice, but you can do ratio breathing, uh, mm-hmm. particularly. Um, Emphasizing the exhalations, which helps to quiet the brain uh, even more. Yeah, and so we're actually doing a longer period of exhalation right. than, than inhalation. Um, and this this uh, pranayama, our, our preliminary practice to pranayama, um, as you mentioned, is very calming um, to the whole system. And, you know, if you begin to practice pranayama, one of the things that you'll see and learn is that there are different ones that have a different energetic effect um, on the body. You know, some of them are more stimulating and others are more soothing. And so, you know, when we're working in the laboratory of our own body-mind, you know, I we we can then draw from, you know, what's needed to bring balance to our own system. You know, sometimes we need a pranayama that gives us a little more energy. Other times we, we need one, you know, to help calm us down. 
Um, so there's another one called Conqueror's Breath, yeah. which um, also uh, helps to clear the mind, of course, but, but has a little more energy, uh, brings more energy. It's called uh, Ujjayi or uh, Victorious Breath or Conqueror's Breath. So tell us about that one, Richard. That's fairly simple, but straightforward breath. You can do that either sitting up or lying down. Um, the, the the characteristic um, of that particular breath is the sound that you make in the back of your throat. Um, it's called the Ajap mantra, the Ajapa, A-J-A-P-A mantra. It means, um, what, what what the Ajapa mantra is, is simply a um, an amplification of the normal sound that your breathing makes. The yogis say that if you can listen to the sound of your breath, it, it will help you to really understand yourself a lot better. Um, so what they do is they purposely in, in, enhance the sound so they can they can hear it. It has several purposes um, in, in, the, in the practice itself. It helps you to focus on the breath for one thing, but it also helps you to monitor the sound of the breath, or it helps you to monitor the flow of the breath, I should say. And um, But it also has a very um, interesting um, um, uh, symbolic meaning, and that is the inhalation is, 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 is heard to, is, is is said to sound like a like a um, a, a, a sibilant S, while the exhalation is a, an aspirate H. So the yogis hear two um, mantras in in this sound. The first one is, is Soham, which means I am it. And of course, what they're what they're implying here is that the small self, the Jivatman, is equivalent to the great self, the Paramatman. And what what that what that means is that your breath is a um, is considered to be a bridge between the two. But they also reverse the syllables, and they they call it the Hamsa mantra, which is a, a Hamsa in Sanskrit is a is a well. They often say it's a swan, but it's actually a goose. And uh, the, the goose is a is a, a a symbol. The birds are symbols of um, animals that can fly to heaven. So again, what they're um, what they're implying is is that your breath is a is a is a powerful transformative element. Mm. So in this um, Ujjayi. Uh, pranayam were actually internally uh, listening to the sound of the breath and um, initially in learning it I think exaggerating it a little bit um, so that we we can tap into that Mm. so how do you tell students to to do that (laughs) well it's it's, it's pretty simple really you I, I, I get them to open their mouth and I get them to inhale through their nose and Take a big long exhalation through the back, through their mouth. Go like that through their uh-huh. uh, through their mouth. And what you want to do then is is to feel the uh, the breath the breath moving over the back of your throat. And mm-hmm. the, uh, then when uh, uh, when when you're ready to do the the, uh, the exercise, you you breathe through your nose only, but you do it in a way so the breath passes over the back of the throat in, in the same place where it where it passed out uh, when you're breathing out through your through your mouth. And what that really does is it closes down the epiglottis a little bit and, and amplifies that that breathing sound. Mm, and and then you're inwardly listening to this sound as a mantra. And listening to the sound, but not just the sound of the breath. But something that's very important that's often missed is that you also want to listen to the silence between the sounds. Mm. Uh, I think really that's that's really the crux of the breathing practice to me. To me is that mm. the, the the silence. That uh, comes uh, in the pauses between the inhalations and exhalations is is a, uh, a moment of ter- tremendous potential of uh, transformation. Absolutely, I'm so glad you mentioned that. The, there's this moment between inhalation and exhalation. You know, both at the top and the bottom, right? That right. is a that is a still point that we can. Mm, bring our attention and awareness into, um, because the, you know, yoga teaches us and we can observe that, uh, that, that breath, of course, breath and prana vital force are connected and, um, prana and the act, prana moves the modifications or the thoughts in the mind. And so when it becomes quiet, um, we have the ability to experience our our, our essential nature at, that is still, 
and uh, and it takes getting the mind quiet <laughs> to be able to do that. I, I compare so. it to a, a movie screen. Uh, when you go to the movies, you sit down and you look at the screen, and then the, the show comes on, and you you forget about the screen. You're 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 caught up in the in the movie, uh, but the screen is still there, and it's essentially uh, unaffected by what's being projected onto it. It could be a a drama or a cowboy movie or whatever. So that that stillness is 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 a is 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 the basis, the foundation of the breath, and it it's always there, and it's 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 a resource that you can learn to tap into, and and hold on to in all sorts of different situations. Mm, absolutely, and have the ability to just really just enter that space and and bringing forth the quality of attention where you actually can observe that that cresting of the breath and then the still point, yeah. you know, contributes to calming the mind um, as well. So I think um, you mentioned it actually in your in your meditation that something uh, about um, the stillness underneath all the move all underneath all the movement. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and coming to to find that, of course, is is one of the great liberating um, benefits of of yoga, is we 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 can find out fairly quickly that we we don't have to be battered um, by our own thoughts, <laughs> which is really helpful. Um, you know, certainly before I discovered the path of yoga. Um, it was really tough, you know, not having that tool because I didn't have that tool of self-awareness. And, yeah, I, I um, think um, I think people don't really understand the transformative power uh, of breathing. You mentioned earlier that it's very important uh, not to overdo it, and, and I think people don't really get the fact that if they do overdo it, they can they can cause themselves some misery. So it's, it's very important to, when you start a practice to start uh, with a reasonable amount of breathing because. It really is a lot more powerful than you may think that it is at first. That is so true, you know, and, and I think that because it is fairly simple and mm-hmm. straightforward, and also very often immediately apparently transformative. <laughs> There's a, a tendency, um, and I don't know. It, it seems to me that it's part of the Western. Um, Psyche. I don't know if it is this way everywhere, but you know, it just seems like. Well, okay, if this is good, then you know, more would more certainly be better. <laughs> right. But it doesn't work that know, way with breathing at all. You can sort of really, do that with asana, but mm-hmm. with the breathing, you you it, it, you have to you have to work at a very uh, measured pace. And it really is tied to a core teaching of yoga, which is learning moderation. Mm-hmm. Um, to, that brings balance because you know when we're when we're pushing, whether it's you know even with asana or or with pranayama with the breath, the premise is wrong, right? You know we're we're trying to <laughs> we're trying to accomplish something, we're trying to get somewhere, which yeah. is is not the right premise uh, for our yoga practice, which is you know really learning how to be fully present. So right. trying to get somewhere doesn't help us. Um, with our goal of being, I think that's particularly true with breathing. You, you, you have to. I know you want to talk about this a little bit later, but with breathing, you have to really be very patient. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it takes it takes time to develop a, pra- a practice. It doesn't just happen overnight. Well, and actually, we can just go there right now. We we're going to talk about what are you know some of the main obstacles are to pranayama practice, and so right up there on the top of the list is you know impatience right. and the t- and the tendency. Um, perhaps to want to overdo and um, and then experience you know negative um, symptoms Absolutely. from that and yeah. then want to abandon your um, your your practice because of that. Um, what do you see as as other obstacles people might well, encounter? It, you 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 put any. It, it's natural that when you put a, 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 an effort into something, you want to see some results. And one of the things about breathing is. You don't always get the results right away, and you mm-hmm. have to. You have to. Um, one must have faith that the practice is is going to be at some point in the future um, uh, productive. Mm-hmm. Uh, although you may not be able to get any benefit from it right at fir- right at first, it really takes a lot of patience, as I said, and uh, a lot of perseverance. Mm-hmm. 
and and of course, I think that's one of the um, reasons that having a, a teacher is so helpful because we observe um, the benefits that are demonstrated in the teacher's life and being and also we can we can hear about you know what we might expect you know from right. our own practice we're going to go to a break now when we get back we'll, we'll finish up this conversation about uh, obstacles and how to overcome them and, and also look at a vision uh, for yoga in the west you're listening to the yoga hour with special guest richard rosen uh, you can find out about his books and his uh, classes at PiedmontYoga.com. We'll be right back with you. Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity online radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity Online Radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit Unity Online Radio and click on Mobile Listening. Transform that thought you've held in your mind into a reality in your life. How do you work in partnership with God to co-create the life that you've always imagined? One way is through the universe responding spiritual model for life. Each week, Valerie Crabtree will share how to use the universe responding elements and principles to co-create your life through continuous communication with your higher power. She'll answer your questions using this practical, understandable concept, and your life will change. Listen to Universe Responding on Monday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at yogahour at unity.fm and we will respond. Now, back to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien and my guest today is Richard Rosen. In this segment, we're going to finish up our conversation about any obstacles to pranayama practice and and how we can overcome them, Um, but also take a look at uh, a vision uh, for yoga as it has been evolving in the West and um, the potentials that are there for it in the future. So coming back to the obstacles on pranayama practice, I, I think you know one of the things that's kind of been a thread throughout our conversation is certainly that it's essential to have good instruction, um, you know, to have thorough instruction on on how to do it. And and I noticed Richard when you were talking even about alternate nostril breathing, um, you know, you you were advising students, you know. Take it very slowly, you know, begin with visualization and then, you know, a step-by-step approach. Yeah. And um, I want to tell students in that his book, um, Pranayama Beyond the Fundamentals, so the one, you, the one you would start with just for a good overall learning about pranayama is the Yoga of Breath, right. a step-by-step guide to pranayama. And then following that one, he's got one called Pranayama Beyond the Fundamentals, and, and that one has a, a practice uh, Guided practices CD uh, with it as as well. So those are helpful. The one obstacle I I want to um, mention just from my own experience, and, and you did point to it earlier, which is kind of this waxing and waning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, h- how do we keep our interest and enthusiasm alive? <laughs> no. I'm an expert on obstacles because uh, I've, I've gotten just about all of them. Um, the, the thing to remember about 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 waxing and waning is that um, 
it's easy enough to do when you're waxing, but it's it's more it's more of a challenge to do when you're waning. But oftentimes, you, you, people look at uh, uh, periods of of difficulty as just failure, and I think it's important to remember that. Uh, oftentimes, when when you think you're when the, when you think things are going backwards, what's really happening is there's, there's a kind of a, a, a reorganization, getting a, a preparation for moving to a new level. So I, I, I always look at, um, at at the moments when I'm when I'm when I seem to be going backwards in my practices. That this may be an opportunity to move forward. That it, it maybe just things are being reorganized and. That, that I'll come out on the other end in, in, in a, in, with, with a new understanding. Mm, that's a beautiful way to hold it, and uh, I think so important. You know, because really we're we're working with the the life of the soul, and yeah. that that work is largely unseen. And so, you know, sometimes I think of it like an underground stream. You right. know, that even when we feel like on the surface. That you know we're not making progress, you know our things are are dull and we're without motivation. That there's this work going on in the depths of our being that is so important. So that's such a good suggestion uh, and reminder that you've given Richard to hold it in that way, um, because when we do, then we can cooperate with it. Um, right. It's and, important and to remember that that progress is never going to be linear. You're never going to move mm-hmm. from point A to point B in a straight line. Straight line. There's always going to be uh, stops and starts and detours and pitfalls and things that uh, distract you from the from the practice. But uh, it's just important to remember that it, it's just part of the it's just part of the it's part of the trip. You've got to accept the good times and the bad times equally. And and of course, one of the qualities of yoga is steadiness. <laughs> Is and um, you know being steadfast and um, you know I think for me you know one of the ways of overcoming that obstacle of you know there's times when I just don't want to practice um, is simply understanding that this is my commitment and this is this is my life this is the way I live and so there are times when the commitment leads. You know, mm. and I don't feel like it, but I yeah. have a deeper commitment beyond the level of what I feel like doing. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, over time, we also get experience and know that we make it through those dry points. And, and just as you say, we come out the other side with some, you know, new insight or, you know, new uh, motivation. Um, uh, before we conclude today, I'd like to talk a little bit about, you know, the, the vision of, yoga today and, and particularly um, how we see it unfolding in the West and your book, uh, your, your latest book, Original Yoga, uh, really um, touches on that. Of course, you know, in the West, we're famous for um, yoga being identified with asana mm-hmm. and, um, and and this, this approach, you know, by some traditionalists has been Highly criticized. Mm-hmm. I liked that. I liked that in your book. You didn't. Um, you didn't trash that trend, <laughs> but no. you know, found a way to say, you know, this is a beginning. But, you know, where do we go now? So, um, tell us a little bit about that. Well, uh, the the Ashtanga tradition, the eight limbs, the the first two practices are, are yamas and niyamas, the, the behavioral characteristics. But in in Hatha Yoga, the first um, the first limb is usually asana. Uh, they get right down to it in, in Hatha Yoga, and, and what I'm what I'm thinking is that um, what, what my feeling is that that's that's exactly what we've been doing in this country for the last sixty years or so is is working on the first limb of of the practice, and that um, we have to get ourselves embodied before we can move on to um, to uh, to a, a, a higher level. Um, you know, Mr. Iyengar says. How can you know yourself if you don't know your little toe, or something like that? <laughs> and uh, so I, I think we're just getting, you know, we're just getting settled into our bodies at this time. And I think, you know, as I travel around uh, the country, I, I'm seeing, uh, you know, that, that, that people are getting ready to move on to the next to the next level. There's an increased interest in in, in pranayama and in meditation, uh, which I think is a really good sign. 
It is really good. It's being included now, you know, with much more skill in in Hatha classes. And and of course, the the classic texts on Hatha Yoga do say that the purpose of Hatha Yoga is for proficiency in Raja Yoga, to, to, you know, be able to meditate. You know, we're preparing ourselves for that. So it's, you know, these asana is not uh, for an end in itself, although... Um, certainly there's emphasis on the benefits of Hatha, um, radiant and vital health and long life and so on and so forth. But the texts also do point towards um, preparation for meditation. And, you know, I think it sort of depends on where you enter in. You know, if you enter in um, through Hatha, it it will point you towards meditation. And for me, you know, I really entered in um, through this tradition of Kriya Yoga. I entered with meditation and pranayama practice, but I found then it was necessary and helpful for me to develop uh, some proficiency in Hatha Yoga. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Because I didn't didn't have enough, I I was really keen on getting out of my body. Um, Mm which is not helpful. <laughs> not always. Um, I, I think, I think um, you know, uh, the asanas are very, very sneaky at times. They, they sort of draw you in and they, 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 they'd say, oh, well, you know, my fle- I'm getting more flexible and my belly's getting flatter. But at the same time, it's working on your mind. You, you, don't really all, all, you don't really always understand what's going on. But, you know, it, it, they, they, they sort of... They're sort of a, a, a lead-in. It's very subtle, and it, it, it has an effect on you. I've seen it on a lot of students where they become more and more interested in learning more about yoga. They find the asanas to be very helpful but not, not completely satisfying, and they always want a little mm-hmm. bit more. Mm-hmm. And taken together, hatha yoga, pranayama, meditation is is the winning combination. Um, we have we have just just a minute left, and um, if you could, in a minute, you know, what would you like to say about the vision of what's possible for us now? With um, well, I think you know, you know, yoga yoga was bo- born in India, but it's it's grown up now and it's left the home and it's it's come to the West, and I, I think you know it's. It's it's our turn now. We have to take it, not and not throw the tradition out the window, but now we have to make it our own and and you know take it beyond the just a purely physical level. I think it's very important for us to understand that we've inherited this this really ancient tradition and we have a great responsibility to it. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see what's going to happen in in the West with yoga in the West in the next uh, few decades or maybe the next hundred years or so. It really will. And, you know, Paramahansa Yogananda um, predicted, you know, he foresaw that, you know, which I think was just so radical in the 1920s and 30s. He, he was saying, you know, in the future, yoga will be taught in schools. Yeah, I'm and, sure it will be. You know, <laughs> and, and now, you know, there are, yoga is being taught in schools you know, at all at all levels. And there are, you know, now graduate um, programs in yoga studies so um, I agree it's going to be wonderful to uh, see this evolve and I'm really grateful for the work that you're doing um, to help um, deepen and and broaden the the scope uh, for practitioners uh, of what is possible with yoga it's it's really been a joy to have you uh, on the program today Richard thank you so much for being here and uh, if you'd like more information about Richard's work and his and his books, be sure to visit PiedmontYoga.com. And uh, coming up next week, uh, I look forward to being with you when we will welcome Dr. Mark Halpern, who's the founder and president of California College of Ayurveda, and we'll be talking about divine fitness, the path of optimal health, peace of mind, and joyful living. Uh, for information about upcoming programs at Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, be sure to visit our website, csecenter.org. And I look forward to being with you next week. Until then, let your inner light shine into the world and remember to share your peace and your joy with all that you meet bye everyone bye richard thank you again thank you for tuning in to the yoga hour living the eternal way with reverend ellen grace o'brien 
Join us every Thursday morning at 10 Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. a good life and are grateful for it. But what if you stretched beyond good and shifted to amazing? Join Reverend Temple Hayes, Senior Minister of the First Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an amazing life. Transcend the need for acceptance of others and be an example of living the truth. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. Joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an amazing life right now? Learn how each week on From Good to Amazing. Mondays at 4 p.m. Central Time right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. We invite you to consider these words from Unity author Charles Roth. Live deeply in the present moment. If you are going to work on the premise that real energy, real excitement, that feeling of being fully and enthusiastically alive comes from a source within you, then it follows that you have to spend some time getting acquainted, being at home in those far reaches of inner space. Peace is power. For out of stillness, strength is born, and out of inner harmony, productivity flourishes. Rest in that inner peace. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application, by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Just what does that dream mean? Ever wake up from a crazy dream and wonder what it meant? Have you had a recurring dream all your life and you just can't get it to stop? Get all your questions about dreams and dream interpretation answered by the leading expert in the field. Unity Online Radio is home to America's leading dream expert, Dr. Michael Lennox. And on Mondays at 2 p.m. Central, the Dream Doctor is definitely in. Tune in to Dream Interpretation with Dr. Michael Lennox, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry, where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. 